Jesus. God is good, amen? All the time. All the time, God is good. All right, I want to pass the mic over to my wife. She's going to do communion, and I'm going to pass out the elements. Amen? Let's just take a minute and pray. Yeah, you can get your things open first. Hey, I'm just going to read this word uh, in John chapter 6. Jesus is the bread of life. John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, this is verse uh, 32, I think. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life. They said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. In telling them this in his sermon, he put his life out there to be crucified. In sharing this truth with us, in, in, when he spoke this, he knew he, in their eyes he would be committing blasphemy because he was saying he was the son of God that was prophesied the Messiah. It wasn't a religious sermon. It was a life-giving sermon because he said to us, he said to them, he said to us, Connect the dots. He said to them and he said to us, I am the bread of life. Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way. And when I was praying about communion, I felt like he said to share this scripture because this scripture was where he lost a lot of followers. They didn't agree with it, some of them. <laughs> They couldn't get it. So we pray this morning in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to the mysteries of heaven, the mysteries of God that you have given us, that you, Jesus, are the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me. And yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never cast out. We talked about that last week, remember? When we talked about Peter and how he denied Jesus before the cock crew Crowed or crude? I don't know. Crowed. Crude? <laughs> the rooster crowed. Um, but Peter denied Jesus. But what did Jesus see? What does he see in us today? He sees our future. He sees who he created us to be. He sees his glory in us. So we never have to be afraid that he will cast us away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, 
and I will raise him up on the last day. This is our hope. Therefore, the Jews started complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, and he says this to us today, stop complaining among yourselves. <laughs> Love that. No one came to, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last, he keeps saying that, I'll raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. Ephraim and I were talking about this last week, and he shared with me that uh, it's one of the things that has kept his faith in God, that all the things that the prophets have said have come true, right, Ephraim? That's one of the things that has kept his faith strong. And Jesus said, it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. So he's telling them he's God. <laughs> Everyone who has listened to him and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. Do we believe? Do we believe? Think about it. How we live our life, do we believe? How we speak, do we believe? How we think. And you know, the Lord is so gracious and good, and this is like what he's, and this is why he said right in that scripture, I will never cast you away. Because he knows as humans, there are times it's hard to believe because we're human and that's why he loves us so much because he knows that even though it's hard to believe that his children keep trying they keep believing they keep saying lord i believe i believe i'm going to tell you something every time you take communion in this church and you eat the body and the blood of jesus you believe. You're making a statement to him. And listen to what he says to you in regard to that. He says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I give for the world, or the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued among themselves again, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, he not only told them he was the son of God and he was God, but he told them they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood. So Jesus said, truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. We can't be good enough. We can't be religious enough. We can't be faithful enough. It's only by Jesus Believing in him and what he did, right? Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the
the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourself. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That's why the last thing that Jesus did with his disciples was the Passover supper. (laughs) That they had taken all their life from little children. They had done the Passover supper. And it was a remembrance of what happened when um, the angel of death passed over the houses in Egypt. And it went to kill all the firstborn. But the Lord told them if they were obedient and they took the blood of a lamb, that's like Jesus, that was a foreshadow of Jesus, and they put it on the post and on the, uh, on the two side posts and on the top, then the angel of death would pass over. That's what they were doing at the upper room. They were having Passover, but now a lamb was going to be sacrificed that would end all sacrifices. The perfect lamb, the lamb of God, Jesus. And he told them in the upper room, didn't he, that he said as they were eating, he passed out the bread And he said, this is my body. This is where he told them how they could partake of him. Because he knew he was leaving. This is why he's here. He's here. He left the earth. But he left us holy communion. He left us the body and the blood. And as we believe by faith, he comes into us. He comes into our bodies, into our blood. We sing songs that say the blood runs through our veins. That's how. Because every time we partake of communion, we partake of that sacrifice of the perfect lamb. Amen? And he says... The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Amen. And now we're going to read his words in Luke where he's actually in the upper room and he's with them and he's having the Lord's Supper and he said, I fervently desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And remember, he tells us, do this in remembrance of me. Why? Because he fervently desires to have this supper with you right now. He fervently desires for you to partake of his body and his blood right now. So that as you partake, you're empowered with him. That's what he tells us. That's his, his revelation of the mystery. Just as he spoke to his disciples, he's speaking it to us this morning. He said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. Let's take the bread.
and he gave thanks. Let's just take a minute, close our eyes, and give thanks to the Lord. Just thank him. And after he gave thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen? Let's partake. We thank you, Lord, for your body. We thank you, God, that as we partake of this by faith, Lord, your body enters in. You tabernacle with us. And, Father, we praise you for your broken body that was broken for our healing, for our restoration. Lord, we pray this morning for all those who need healing in the name of Jesus. And by the body of Jesus, by the stripes that you took on your back, we are healed. And as we partake of this communion together, Lord, we pray for healing to take place in Jesus' name. Miraculous healing that comes from the Father. Lord, heal our bodies, heal our minds, heal our souls, Lord. Heal soul wounds. Heal us, O oh Lord. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant means another sacrifice would never have to take place. His covenant, his body given for us, did it all. It's poured out for you. Hallelujah, Lord. We partake together. And we thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. For every drop, every bit, let it let your blood just come into us, Lord, as you change us, you forgive us, you cleanse us by the blood, you restore us to relationship with you, and we praise you for that this morning, God, help us to take what we've received this morning and to give to others help us to take what you've given to us and to share it with others lord that they would be saved they would be healed they would be restored lord we pray this morning and we bless you jesus thank you for your sacrifice and everybody said Amen. 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 All right. On that note, Grace, come on down. It's time to take up an offering. Amen. Come on down. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Father, we just thank you and we just praise you, Lord. And we give you all the honor and glory that we can give to you, Lord God, and into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, that you promised to pour out a blessing upon us, Lord God. And I pray that you would bless each person today that is here 
that, that is hearing this word. I pray that you would bless them abundantly, that you would prosper them, that, Lord, and I agree with the communion, that you are bringing healing and health to our bodies and deliverance and freedom, Lord God, to us. And, Lord, we are thankful, Lord God, that you work in our midst, that you never stop working. You're always working, and I just thank you, Lord, and praise you, Lord God. And I give you all the honor, all the glory, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, the title of this sermon today, oh, Joe's got it up there. Before we got out, you can find it on the app. Because the app there has got all of our sermons. Just the other day we celebrated 100 sermons online. It's amazing. That's amazing. So praise God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right. So yeah, if you don't have the app, get it downloaded because you can listen to the sermons. You can send in prayer requests. It is pretty effective and it works really well. And Joe did a great job with it, so praise God and thanks, Joe. All right, the title of this sermon is called The Hedge of Protection. i got to put my glasses on so I can see here. A hedge of protection. It's time that we start building a hedge of protection around our families. Amen? Amen. For years now, I've been praying... For a hedge of protection around this place, around our families, around our children and grandchildren. Lord God, around our properties, around this whole hill. I've been praying, God, I pray for a hedge of protection around us. I've been praying that God would place his angels, that they would be posted here in this place. Posted at each one of our homes. Amen. And I believe it. And I've had people come up to me and tell me that they can sense that there is a wall or a fence around this place. They've actually said to me, I feel like I have snuck in. <laughs> and have actually asked me if my prayers about this hedge of protection that I've been praying about is keeping people out. And I said, Amen. And then those prayers are effective. <laughs> Trust me, I don't want to keep people out of here at all. Especially those that have God has called to be here. They know who they are, and God will bring them in. But I do want to keep those people out that don't belong here, that are here to cause division, disunity, and the disruption. So I actually hope that my prayers have been effective. And I pray that there has been a protection around us. And I believe it. I believe that we are under God's protection. But now I'm asking you to join in with me. God reminded me that Nehemiah could not build the wall himself. Amen? So I'm asking you to join in with those prayers on a hedge of protection around this place and around our families. For every man out here, they should be doing that already, especially around all of your children and grandchildren. But I want you to also add in those prayers for this land, for this property, for this church, for other family members. I'm believing that as we pray for those protection, as we pray for that protection of that hedge, that we are actually seeing God placing blocks all around us strategically to keep the enemy out. Because the enemy is alive and well. 
He is out there roaming the earth, going to and fro, roaring like a lion, looking, looking for people he can devour, looking to get his foot in the door, looking to find a way in and sneak a way in. Amen? I believe and I pray like Nehemiah, that Lord God, that we'd be building the wall with a trowel in one hand and our sword in the other. Now, a hedge of protection is actually biblical. You can find it in Job, chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. God bless you. Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Oh, I've got things. Now I'm going to be searching. <laughs> oh. It says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And then Satan says, smartatically back to the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household? And everything he has, you have blessed the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. We read in Job that God had put a hedge around him, that he was protected and not only was he protected, but he was blessed by God. And we also see that Satan came with the angels into heaven. When, he pre when they were presenting themselves to God, Satan was there. And Satan responded to him, and he said, well, I was going back and forth across the whole earth. But you know what? He couldn't touch Job, could he? Because God had placed a hedge around Job. That's why we need to pray that there is a hedge around this place, around our family, and around our children, and our grandchildren. That God would place a hedge around us. Amen? You know, when Peter, the Apostle Peter tells us, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8, I'll go back one, verse 8, says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Amen? I'm going to tell you there's protection inside the hedge. Why don't you say that? There's protection inside the hedge. There's protection inside the hedge. 
And when you get outside that hedge of protection, then you are vulnerable to the devil. You are vulnerable to the devil. Be self-controlled and alert. I'm telling you right now, being self-controlled and alert is easier said than done. It's not easy to be self-controlled when you're faced with an adversary who wants nothing more than to kill you, destroy you, or accuse you. You know, last night my wife and I, we binge-watched The Chosen, <laughs> season two. You just can't help but to keep watching the next episode, right? You know, you just got to, you get, you, you know, they leave it, or you're like, oh, I got to watch the next one. I got to watch the next one. We finished season two last night. I don't know how many episodes we watched, three or four. But one time Jesus said to his disciples, wait here, I'll be back. When the Roman soldiers came, handcuffed him, and carried him off to be questioned by Caiaphas. And I'm going to tell you, what's that saying, when the cat's away, the mice play? <laughs> well, when Jesus was gone, all the disciples were fretting and, and fussing. They lost their sense of self-control, most of them. They had to go, they wanted to go find him, they tried to go save him. They were thinking, well, we can maybe outnumber him, because they had Simon there, the... Um, Zealot. <laughs> and I don't know, but in the, in the chosen, the zealots were trained for war. They were, they, were like, they were like professional assassins for God. So they were, their minds were out of control. They lost their sense of self-control. And it's so easy to lose our sense of self-control. Because we get our eyes off of Jesus and what Jesus said to us. We get our eyes on our circumstances. It's like when Peter was walking on the water, when he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at the crashing waves, he started to sink. And Jesus had to reach down and save him. It's no different today than it was then. Amen? We need to practice Self-control. We need to be alert. Amen. That means being watchmen. We need to be alert because what is the other saying? To be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Because our devil, the adversary, is alive and well. He does not cease. He is relentless. He is persistent. And he is the accuser. You know, in Job, the accuser, the devil, insinuated that Job's allegiance to God was hypocritical. That's what the devil was saying to God. Job is only blessed because you got your hand upon him. You take your covering and your hand off of Job, and you see if he doesn't... He doesn't curse you to your face. That's what the devil says. And his tactics are no different today than they were then, aren't they? He wants to put things in your mind. Because he's the accuser of the brethren. He tries to plant seeds that are not truthful in your mind. So that way he can get your mind out of control and get your mind thinking on fearful things things that are not true 
Have you ever had things said about you that were not true? I think all of us have at some point. Haven't we? Have we not had people insinuate things that are not true? That is all from the devil. All from the devil. He doesn't cease. He is relentless. He is persistent. He will not give up until he is thrown into that lake of fire. He won't give up until you resist him and stand your ground. You know, it's like a dog that can smell fear on you. When you have an aggressive dog that can smell fear on you. The dog becomes more aggressive. But if you're not afraid, then the dog usually calms down or backs off. You don't have to fear the devil. His days are numbered. You just need to stay in the hedge of protection of God. And stand your ground, not wavering in the faith, being self-controlled and alert, as Peter tells us. The devil told God, if you would only remove this hedge of protection, then this man would curse you. And Satan still is using that same tactic and that same strategy today. His assault on believers. Oh, just remove the hedge and see how strong you really are. Do you know Job's initial response was one of supreme faith. Job's initial response was one of supreme faith. He didn't curse God. Not once. He didn't leave God. He didn't abandon Him. He was steadfast. You know, in the military, if you lose control on the battlefield, it's never good. It's not good. You need to be alert. And we are warriors in the kingdom of God. We are soldiers. Nobody wants to be in a foxhole with somebody who is fearing, who is who has lost control and who does not have their right senses or their right mind. You want to be in a foxhole with somebody that is focused, that is alert, that is aware of the situation and is coping with it and handling it in a good, in a godly, in a strong way. Amen? And we're in foxholes. You know, it's so funny. <clears throat> I keep thinking, you know, on our property, it's like, I look around our property, I'm like, okay, where are my defenses? <laughs> what can I do to help defend this property? On, a, on an attack. And I think, well, I got a machine. I can start digging trenches. I can start digging holes. <laughs> right? I started thinking of things like that. How can I defend this property, this hill? That's how we got to be in our spiritual lives. It's no different. We got to be on guard. 
We got to look where we need to be defensive. We need to look where we need to put the wall up. We need to look where we can find cover and concealment. And in God's word, we need to know where he's going to attack. We need to resist him. As in 1 Peter 5, 9 through 11 says, Resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Think about that for a minute. We're not in this battle alone. We're not in this battle alone. This battle is global. This battle is going on around the world and it's been going on. I think of the Christians that are in Afghanistan that are being persecuted because of their faith. And not just their pers Christian persecution has been going on forever. And it's going to get worse according to the Bible. Jesus said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. Don't waller around in it. Get, be strong. Don't waller around in the mud with the devil. Be strong, stand your ground, resist him. We're not going through we're not going through this alone. There's others that are going through worse than we are. It's time that we gird ourselves up with the truth. It's time that we put on the full armor of God. It's time that we shod our feet, we take up the shield of faith. Breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's time. My wife said it earlier today in worship. It's time, church, to rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Amen. Because if we don't, then the devil's going to roll right over us, isn't he? If there's no resistance... That wheel is going to keep rolling. It's going to roll right over us. And the God of all grace who called you into this eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You see, our trials just make us stronger. Amen? Amen? Those trials that we go through, they just make us stronger in our faith. If we stay steadfast to Christ. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. We have to stay faithful to God. And we have to stand our ground in the, in the faith. It's time that we take our place at the wall. The devil is not going to cease on his attacks. He's going to keep trying to attack that hedge. He's going to keep trying to get in. He's going to keep persisting on getting in. Do you know that I was listening to a little bit of Perry Stone this morning? And he was in Jerusalem at a high place in Jerusalem on a mountain. It was a fortified city at one time. and They had all these foundational stones all around on the very top of this mountain. And when you look down the mountain, you're like, holy cow. And they carried all them stones up from the valleys. 
up to the top of this mountain. These men did. And they did it because it was a fortified place. It was the high ground. You couldn't just shoot arrows up because they would just keep going over. And they built this fortified city. They built this big wall around this fortified city there. And the only way that the enemy got into that city was undermining the foundations of it. Undermining the foundations. Because they couldn't build ramparts against it because the, slope, the slopes were too steep. They couldn't carry the stuff up there to siege the city. They couldn't shoot flaming arrows because they kept pointing up and it was so steep. The only way that they succeeded in taking the city was to dig out, dig out along the walls, to undermine the walls so that the walls would fall in and collapse on themselves. And I'm going to tell you, the devil does the same thing. If he can't find a way in or around, he's going to try to attack your foundations. And I'm telling you that is happening right now to the church around the world. The devil is trying to attack the foundations of Christianity. He's trying to come against the truth with lies, with compromise. You never compromise with the devil. I heard General Boykin say compromise and capitulation. Two things that we should never do. Because once you compromise or you capitulate, you might as well give up. You've let open the door. The word of God is true. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's been written by God himself. The very breath of God. You cannot dispute it. And there are people out there that are trying to erode the foundations of the Bible. They're making up lies. And there are leaders that are capitulating and compromising the word and the truth and the truth about Jesus and the truth about his resurrection. Do not fall into the enemy's trap. It's time we build the wall. It's time we raise a standard. Amen? Amen? We have nothing to fear because I believe God has hemmed us in. He has placed his heavenly host around us. To hedge us in. You know, that's what he did with Job. He placed a heavenly host around Job and everything Job had. And I believe that God has placed a heavenly host around this property. And around this land and around our families and around our homes. To fight off the attacks of the accuser. God has you covered as long as you stay in the hedge. Amen? Amen. As you stand in the faith and believe that he is for you and he is not against you. Do you know one of the very names of God is the Lord of hosts? 
And do you know what the Lord of hosts means? That means the Lord of the armies of heaven. Amen. He is the Lord of the armies of heaven. And do you remember the story? I think it's in Kings. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 13. What, through 19? Through 17. The story of Elisha and his servants. Go find out where he is, the king ordered. So I can send men to capture him. The report came back, he is in Dolphin. They're talking about Elisha. And this was the king of Samaria. Because he was, he had other men go to try to find Elisha, but they all died. He sent out other troops. So then he sent a horse. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night to surround the city. And they surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. This is for one man. They sent out a whole army for one man with horses and chariots, and they surrounded the whole city because of one man. The servant, I can see the servant getting up in the morning while Elisha's still in bed, not worrying about it, not fretting, but having self-control. But the servant sounded like he was a little scared. He was a little bit of... There was a little bit of fear there. He was afraid. And I can see him. I can picture him. We can open up the door looking out and saying, Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. What shall we do? There's an army encircled around us. Can you picture that in your mind? Then Elisha gets up, walks out like it's nothing. I can see Elijah walking over. Well, where's my coffee? I need a cup of coffee. You know? Where's my coffee? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I can, I can see the servant of Elijah say, what? What are you talking about? Can't you see this whole army? around us, to come to capture us and to kill us, take us off, who knows what they're going to do. Elisha's like, I'll give you my coffee. I need a cup of coffee. There's more of them with us than there are with them, than they are here. There's more for us than there are against us. Basically. Can't you see? Service that I can't see. What are you talking about, Elisha? So Elisha prayed to the Lord and asked that his servant's eyes would be opened. And then he saw his foot, his hills, all the hills around them, around the city, were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha because God had a hedge of protection around a righteous man of God, Elisha. And then all Elisha had to do was say, Lord, can you blind these men that are come up against me? And the Lord smote them and blinded them all. And then Elisha carried them off to the king. We don't have to be afraid because God is with us and he is for us and he'll put a hedge of protection around each one of you. As a matter of fact, you have an angel with you wherever you go. It's called a guardian angel. And we have an angel right here over this church. 
It's biblical. It's in the Bible. What do you think it says in the book of Revelation when they were addressing to the angels of the churches of Ephesus, to the angel of the churches of Philippi, to the angels of the church of Laodicea? There is an angel appointed to every church. There is an angel appointed to each one of you. So how many there are here? Say there's 20. So now I'm preaching to 40. Make that 41, if not more, because of the angel that's appointed to this church. Amen? Amen. It's biblical. It's the truth. I pray that God would open our spiritual eyes to see them. That we can see the angels that are posted here over this place. And they're here to help us. When things, when the going gets tough, they get going. Amen? They pull out their sword. Thank you, Jesus, for those angels that are posted here on this place. Strengthen them, Lord. Keep them, keep them fit for the fight. Help us to be fit for the fight. I want to read to you, and I'm going to close with this psalm. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 18. <laughs> keep dropping things. Keep dropping things. Psalms 139. One thirty-nine, verses one through eighteen. Said, you know, this is funny because I opened this up to it, and they were actually reciting this psalm last night in the movie The Chosen. It said, "Oh Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise." You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You have me in. Before and behind. God. Hems him in before and behind. He goes before you and he is behind you. He is making straight your path and he is protecting you from your backside. He's got you covered. Amen. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. For darkness is as light to you. Excuse me, the night will shine like the day, and darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, I praise you because I am fearful and wonderfully made. Your words are wonderful. You know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book 
before one of them came to be. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. All the days of your life have been written out in God's book before you were even made. All the days of your life, God knows. Before you were even made. How amazing is that? And you know what is amazing? That God made you for such a time as this. And that God has placed you on the earth for such a time as this. God has placed us in one of the greatest times of the world that will ever be. We are going to more than likely see the second coming of Jesus Christ soon on a white horse. We are going to be able to perform the greater works that Jesus talked about when he talked to his disciples. He said, you see the things that I do? Greater things shall you do. And he's talking about that to his believers. We are going to see Satan bound up for a thousand years and cast off into the abyss. Do you know the prophets marveled and longed to see the days of Jesus? It says, they longed for it. They, they wished they could have seen the birth of Jesus when Isaiah prophesied about it. When David prophesied about it. David wished that he could see his son on the throne throughout all the generations that God promised him. And I guarantee you that they're seeing him now from heaven. But we are alive in the flesh and born for such a time as this. What plans does God have for you? What great plans God must have for you. Let me rephrase that. What great faith you must have. Because God knew you before you were even formed. He knit you together in the secret places. He has great plans for each one of us. I can't wait. Amen? How precious to me are you, are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them, where I too count them. They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Amen? Let, us, let that be our prayer at night. Lord God, when I go to sleep, Lord God, head me in and protect me. When I wake up, God, I pray that I am still with you. Amen? Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, that there is a hedge of protection around this place. That the devil cannot come in. And I pray, Lord God, when he does try to come in, that, Lord God, he'd be set free, healed, and delivered. Any man or woman that steps foot in this place, I pray that your mighty working power would work in their lives, that they would be set free, healed, and delivered. Lord God, that we would walk into greater works, that we would not be afraid of the devil's schemes, that we would not be afraid because we are under your protection, that, Lord God, you go behind us and you go before us. Wherever we go, that we are under that hedge that, of protection and in that hem. Amen? No matter where we go. And I believe, Lord God, that we are going to see and do the greater works that you've called us to do. That you said that are coming in the end days when the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit will come instead of just a deposit. We've got the deposit of the Holy Spirit. When it, but Lord God, we're looking forward to that day when the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit will come upon us. And we'll be doing those greater works as you've called us to do. When we lay hands on the sick that they're healed. When we can cast out demons with a single word. Go. 
and they have to go. When we can say unto that mountain, cast thy down. When I can tell that mountain in La Palma to cease and be still, and it listens. Amen? Amen. Amen. Last night, Lord God, I was doing it. I was praying it. Cease and be silent. Be still. Lord, my wife and I were praying it, and it was effective, and it worked. When we were telling the storm clouds to stop, the rain to stop on our trip down to South Carolina, and it would stop, and that there would be no fog, and there was no fog. Lord God, we believe that. Lord God, help us to believe. Lord, increase in us. Lord God, and let we may decrease, Lord God. Help us all, Lord Jesus. Keep us under your wings. Lord, let us find shelter under your wings. Let us be like David. We can't hide from you any longer. Lord God, we, we've never been able to hide from you, Lord. Lord God, but let us, Lord God, just believe with all our heart. All our heart. Lord God, on all your plans. On your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless each person today. Bless this reading of your word. I pray that anything that I've said that's of the flesh would just rot away. And anything that I said that's of the spirit and of truth, Lord God, would be hidden in our hearts. And I just pray this. And I pray your blessings upon your people and all those that are hearing this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.